Turn to Galatians chapter 6. I want to say as you're finding that, I want to say how thankful we have we are to have been first asked to come and be with this church. And we count it a great honor for the time that we've spent here. Never did I ever think in all my days that I would be in Bakersfield, California, standing behind the pulpit. And I'm thankful that God and your pastor have made a way for that to happen. Amen. Give honor to your pastor and his wife and family. They have been so kind, so understanding with all the struggles of an evangelist with air conditioning problems. And I've just, you know, the texts that I've sent, hey, brother, there's something else going on. Hey, I need this. I need that. And so we're so thankful, amen, for everything they've done for us. We are, that apartment up there was bigger than our first house, and we are just loving it. The kids are like, what is this place? It's like a museum. It's like an amusement park. Amen. They've been loving it. We appreciate them. We appreciate the Frost. Give honor to them and all the ministry that are here that have been so kind to us. The people of God that have that have reached out, that have been so kind and so considerate. Brother Floyd, for all your help on the AC unit. We're just thankful for the people of God. Amen. Amen. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7 says this. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And he begins to give indication of what you can sow. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing. What is he talking about? He's talking about sowing to the Spirit. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Let us not be weary in well-doing. I want to talk a little while tonight on this thought, the process of weariness. The process of weariness. I wonder if you can lift your hands towards heaven. Can you ask God to touch you in the remainder of this service? Can you ask God to speak through the man of God tonight? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, if you know he's worthy of your praise, why don't you give him your praise tonight? God, you're awesome. You're mighty. Oh, hallelujah. I wish someone was shouting to God with the voice of triumph right now. God, we love you. We praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. As I begin to dig into studying into this scripture, reading that we read today, I was intrigued by that word weary. That word weary means to be utterly spiritless, to be exhausted, to be utterly spiritless. My mind went to the natural spirit of a horse as they run wild. And, and as you take that horse, there is a process of breaking the spirit or the life of that horse. The, the natural wild instinct is there and you have to take some time to break down that, that untamed 
animal. And there is a process, and we could spend time going through it. We could talk about how you have to spend moments talking to it before you ever lay a hand on it and getting it familiar with your voice and your scent. And, and there's, a, there's a long process to where finally you get on the back of the animal, and it's not an easy ride. But you finally, you finally, with sweat dripping down that horse and, and, and slobber hanging out of its mouth, finally you get to trot that horse around the corral, and its will and its spirit is broken. Amen. Never let the devil and never let the enemy and the things of this life cause you to lose your spirit, cause you to lose and be wearied out with the presence and the touch of God. If the enemy can get his hands on weariness in life, if he can use your fleshly weariness, oh, it is perfectly normal to uh, get off after a long day of work and to sit down on the couch with your back aching and your clothes uh, being soaked through with sweat, especially in this heat. It is normal to be weary and to just want to take a few moments and relax, but never let that fleshly weariness uh, the, if the devil can get his hands on that fleshly weariness, uh, he'll begin to use it to affect uh, your spiritual walk with God. I don't want my fleshly weariness to carry over into a spiritual weariness. I don't want to let the things of life uh, carry over into the house of God and begin to affect my worship and my prayer and my praise uh, and my response to the word and the spirit of God. We can grow weary of mundane tasks day in and day out. We can grow weary of traditions. We can grow weary of coming in and doing the same thing over and over again. We can grow weary of the task of getting up in the morning. We can get so weary of it that we can, we can walk through our house in the dark without having to open our eyes and we know which buttons to push on the coffee maker without even having to open our eyes to look and we get so used to routine and, and we can grow weary of the routine of life. But can I tell you, church should not be on the same level as the routine of getting ready for work and as the routine of going through your work day and the routine of going by the same coffee shop. Come on, uh, it, it, is a, it should be on a different level. It should be a spiritual thing. We're not careful. We'll allow the weariness in our flesh to begin to create bad habits of coming into the house of God where we sit in the same pew. We have the same reaction every service. Uh, we, we, we get into a spiritual rut. But if all we do is sow to the flesh, the Bible says there is flesh that you can sow to and there is spirit. Can I tell you, you can spend your time in the house of God in the, in the, in the midst of the service and all you do is sow to your flesh. What do you mean, Brother Boggs? I clap my hands. Guess what? I can clap my hands and tell the dirtiest joke that I could imagine. It's, it's, there's not a connection, but there has to be a shift. There has to be a moment. We all begin to worship God in our flesh. We all have to start in our flesh. But in the midst of every service, there should be a transition between flesh and spirit. There should be a moment that flesh has to die and spirit takes over. Hey, I'm not interested in just sitting on a pew and clapping my hands when I'm supposed to and just sowing to the flesh to make pastor think I'm connected, but I'm not really connected. If all we do is church work, 
and thank God for church work. Thank God for people that work in different positions. Thank God. I grew up. I grew up. My parents were the caretakers of the church. I've acted on our carpets in my church more times than I care to count. I was a professional vacuum cleaner person at eight, nine years old. But if all we do is sow to the flesh, if all we do is do church work, there were times and moments as a young man that I was sitting on the drum set and I wasn't sowing to the spirit. I was more interested in getting the lick down and the roll down and making people look over at me and clap and smile. But I've got to get to a place in my life, and every single one of us has to start sowing to the Spirit. If all we're interested in is sowing to the flesh and getting the backpack from the pastor of, oh, you did such a good job today, then we're no better than the Pharisees. The Pharisees walked about in the town and they prayed eloquent prayers before men so they would see them. And Jesus looked at the disciples and pointed at them and said, they have received their reward. They've got the backpack. When I come to the house of God, I don't want to sow to the flesh. I don't want flesh to be comfortable. Flesh should not be comfortable in the presence of the Lord. The Bible says no flesh shall glory in his presence. I want to, I want to sow to the Spirit. Because if I'm not careful, I can get weary of the physical task of running the vacuum cleaner. I can grow weary of the physical task of preparing food for the church service, after church service. I can get weary of all the physical tasks of practices and, and extra things that it'll bleed over into my spiritual walk to where I'll be so weary in the flesh that I have no energy to sow to the spirit when church service begins to happen. I'll be so weary of the physical tasks that I have no strength to lift my hands. I have no strength to run the aisles. If the devil can get his hand on that weariness, he'll say, you did enough. You showed up to practice. You, you, you vacuumed the carpet, and that's good enough. But no, there needs to be a lifting of the voice in praise. There needs to be an action in the house of God of worship. Because these things are merely physical tasks, but they are ways that we use to worship God. If he can get you to grow weary, of that time ticking on the clock and that 25 minutes of prayer that he can get you weary of the spiritual task of prayer to where then it becomes quiet prayer to where no one really can hear you then it becomes vain repetition to where all you know how to say is Jesus 1700 times in a row and then it becomes to a place where there's no prayer it's just a tilting of the head and a closing of the eyes. Can I tell you, don't stop praying. Don't stop praying. Don't allow the weariness of life to bleed over into your spiritual walk. Amen. Prayer is a spiritual thing. Let me just dive a little deeper into prayer for a moment. Prayer is the only part of the worship of the service that we have. Prayer is the only part of our church service structure that cannot be viewed as entertainment. The music can entertain me. The preaching, if the words are put together right, can entertain me. But prayer is not entertaining to the flesh. And that's where we start. That's where we start putting flesh where it needs to be. And that's in subjection and in servanthood to God Almighty. If he can get us to grow weary of prayer, 
then it's really easy to slip into the praise service and be uh, disconnected to where we're still trying to connect, but all we're doing is just clapping to the beat or swaying to the rhythm, but we're thinking about work and we're thinking about our bills and we're thinking about other things on the outside of the church. Oh, he can get us to grow weary of the 30 to 45 minutes of preaching. When is he going to be done? When is this going to be over? It's just his opinions. It's just what he thinks. See how weariness will begin to grab a hold. Doesn't he know I have to work tomorrow? And then it becomes opinions. And pretty soon you can find offense after offense after offense. You can grow weary of church. Can I tell you why? Why I, I, It's hard for me to grasp why Sunday morning seems to be. I've been in church 32 years. Sunday mornings are the weariest, seemingly the weariest service. Could it be the devil knows that Sunday mornings are the most likely service for people and guests to attend. So let them have their Sunday night shout, but don't let them get too excited on Sunday morning because someone there might need the Holy Ghost. Amen. I want to make sure every service is charged with the power of the Holy Ghost. And so since it's my church, then it's my responsibility. I need to be at the house of God every time the doors are open. This is not just Sunday morning religion. This is not a, a webcam religion. We are here living for God. If he can get you weary of the door knocking and the constantly asking those people on your job day in and day out, why don't you come to church? And you can grow weary of that task. There was a day of, I was in, in Oregon. I was preaching for a church and one of the men from the church and I had went out for several hours knocking doors. And we had knocked so many doors and had so many bad responses that we pulled into this apartment complex and we're sitting in the car. And he looks at me and said, I don't feel like knocking any more doors. He said, but there's one, one family I just want to check on real quick. I said, okay, we, we can't get any worse than what we've had. Let's go. We knocked on that door. And he thought the family would still, that he knew still lived there. And op the door was open. And there's a young man. We were dressed. We might have looked like undercover police officers to him because his eyes bugged out big, and he, he looked like he was in trouble. Come to find out he was on parole, and he was going through drug rehab, and he thought someone was coming and doing a surprise checkup on him. But after a little bit of time of talking, he said, you know what, I, I, need, I need to go to church. I need to get to the house of God. Amen. And this brother from this church stayed on him and, and kept teaching him Bible studies and kept pressuring him. And finally he showed up and God filled him with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Don't grow weary of reaching out and doing what God has called you to do. I'm not going to grow weary, Brother Frost, of the old paths. I'm going to walk in the old paths. I'm not going to grow weary of the old, uh, the old pathways that our elders have laid before us. I'm not going to get weary of the old songbook songs. Thank God for new songs and thank God for, for, for moments of worship and, 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 and different cultures and all of that. But thank God for what we were founded on. Come on, what was established by those that have gone before us. Amen. I'm not going to grow weary of these things. I'm not going to grow weary of pastoral authority. I'm not going to grow weary of holiness. I'm not going to grow weary of paying my tithes and offering. 
Do you know why? Because if I grow weary of that, the devil will start robbing, me of, start robbing me of my blessing. And pretty soon my bank account's in the red, and I don't know why. It's because you weren't on top of your tithes and offering like you should be. Hey, I'm not interested in the devil robbing me of my blessing. I'm not interested in getting weary of paying my tithes and offering. I had a woman that I worked with. She said, how much do you give to the church in tithes and offering? This is just me. I said 15%. 10% tithes, 5% offering. She said, I can't afford to pay that. I looked at her as a, as a 19, 20-year-old man. I said, I can't afford not to. I can't afford not to because there's blessings that come with it. There's things that come along with it that I can't, I can't go without. You should grow weary of some things. There's some things in the flesh that you should grow weary of. You should grow weary of giving all your time to past hurts. Giving your time to things of this life. Amen. I should grow weary of the things of this world that don't satisfy me. There are people that walk in and they're weary. They've tried drugs. They've tried alcohol. They've tried everything this world has to offer, but nothing has worked to fix them or help them in life. Amen. And so when I'm at the house of God, I want to sow to the flesh. In doing that, I have to push past flesh. I have to push past flesh so I can enter into spirit. True worship is not easy. Worshiping in the spirit is not easy for our flesh. It is a what the Bible calls a sacrifice of praise. Amen. True worship costs our flesh something. David said, I'm not going to offer God anything that doesn't cost me something. It's got to go deeper than just a hand clap with your brain numb. Hey, it's got to go deeper into something that begins to cost you. You have to begin to sacrifice in praise. But the bad thing about weariness is there's a process to weariness. If we grow weary one service, it's really easy to come in and sow to weariness again the next service. It's really easy to sow into that spirit again. And it reaps more weariness. As I sow into weariness, it begins to reap more weariness in my life. And it progresses from a physical weariness into a spiritual problem in my life. Think about Michael and David. David's out there dancing before the Lord, bringing the ark of God back to the city. The representation of the presence, the tangible presence of God. And he's dancing before the Lord and Michael, who had been around the church all her life. Been around the prophet, been around, can I say it like this, been around camp meetings, been around youth conferences, been around church for a long time. She's sitting on her, on her high and lifted up seat, looking down on David, a new convert that's worshiping God, and says, you look like a fool. I was at a church one time, it was deader than 4 o'clock in the morning. Jesus would have had to come by and raise Lazarus up. And a new convert was there. And I was preaching my guts out, trying to get some movement. And here comes the new convert, stands up out of his pew and begins to lift his hands and begins to worship God. Not only that, but when altar call is given, he's the first one, falls on his face, and he gets up and he begins to dance and worship. It didn't look good. didn't look right. The dance moves may have been something that he learned out on the dance floor, but at least he was trying to do something. And I said, hey, 
Don't let this new convert worship by himself. There needs to be a saint of God that shows him how to worship. Michael should have got out of her seat and said, hey, let me get down with David and show him the appropriate way to dance and the appropriate way to shout. Hey, someone might come in and be dancing like a Fortnite character, but you need to get in and show them this is how we praise. If you suffer from weariness, it's okay. Just don't let it progress to a spiritual problem because Paul himself, Suffered from weariness in 2 Corinthians 11, 22. It says, are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors more abundant. In stripes above measure. In prisons more frequent. In deaths oft of the Jews. Five times received I forty stripes. Save one. Thrice I was beaten with rods. Oh, but Brother Bradford, I've got some some problems going on. I can't make it to church tonight. Hey, he didn't let all that keep him back. Thrice I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. And night and the day I have been in the deep. He keeps going on and on in journeyings often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils by my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren. And then he says, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings oft, in cold and nakedness beside those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. And he was trying to tell the church that there are times and moments that I grow weary. That my flesh, he even asked God, will you take uh, this from me? This thorn in my flesh, will you take it from me because I'm weary? But This is also the man that said, I die daily. Because I can't allow. I've got to put a death to this weariness every single day before it becomes an issue in my spiritual walk. I've got to take uh, every day and put weariness back down and say, I know I can grow weary. I know I can get disgruntled. I know that I can have an excuse not to worship. I know I can have an excuse not to lift my hands and praise. But I've got to put my excuses and my weariness down. Job 9 and 27 says, I will, if I say, I will forget my complaint. Job had plenty of things to complain about. He could have complained. I'm so tired. I'm so weary. I've got a lot of things going on. But then he says, I will leave off my heaviness and comfort myself. He says, I could complain, but I'm going to choose to forget my complaint. Oh, I'm so tired, I'm so weary, but I, I, could have re I could reason in myself that I have ample reason to sit back in service and relax. Job said, no, I will forget my complaint because complaints will only hold you back from forward progress. Complaints are the reasons why no effort should be given. I will forget my complaint. I will leave off my heaviness. And you can see as weariness, if it's not dealt with, becomes a spiritual problem. Weariness progresses to heaviness.
Now prayer service is too hard to show up to. Praise becomes too difficult. Showing up to church becomes too problematic. Preaching hurts us. Outreach becomes a strenuous task. Spiritual things become a burden to us under a spirit of heaviness. People backslide with a spirit of heaviness. They allow weariness to go unchecked. They allow service after service after service of not being involved to go unchecked. And they let weariness go on without doing something about it. Can I tell you, we cannot allow weariness to go unchecked. We can't allow weariness to creep in and begin to become a spiritual problem in our lives. When we understand that weariness is raising its ugly head in the church service, that should be the moment we begin to worship God the most. It should not be the moments where everything feels good and, and it feels like we're walking through daisies, but it should be those moments when it feels the hardest to connect that we should force and push the hardest to connect. We've got to understand that church, even though we're in a physical building, we're sitting on physical seats. We're here in the flesh, but we've got to know and understand that church is a spiritual thing. Can I ask you, what have you come here to do tonight? You could say, well, I've come, I've come to sing along with the praise singers, and that's good. I've come to, to hear the music and, 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 and be blessed by, by the song service. And that's all we've come to do. Then we can be dictated. Our worship can be dictated by what song is played. Our worship can be dictated by who's on the platform singing. Our worship can be dictated if uh, there's a wrong note that is hit. But I'm here to worship God first. So it doesn't matter who's singing, who's playing, what song is being sung, what key has been hit wrong, what, what, what timing that is off. I'm here to worship God in spite of the physical things that would try to distract me. I'm not here just to sow to the flesh. I'm here to work in the kingdom of God. I'm here to sow to the spirit. I've come to help create an atmosphere of worship so someone can get their answer. I've come to be here and play a part in the kingdom of God. Can I tell you someone can get the Holy Ghost even if the carpet is in vacuum? It's more important to him uh, that you connect in the spirit. Thank God for all the men that showed up on work day. And your pastor already gave you accommodations. And thank you for all your help. But he would want you more to work in the spirit than he ever would in the flesh. He would rather you be on time for prayer than be on time for work day. There are people that if they're not careful, they sow to weariness enough. And it begins to become... A spiritual problem in their life to where they look like they're so disconnected and don't know what to do when people are running the aisles and worshiping God can I tell you practices and extra things of the church should not outweigh your walk with God but they should accompany and complement your walk with God I've seen people I've seen people in my home church that it just blew my mind that Sunday night 
They were on the platform singing songs of God and worshiping God and lifting their hands. But on Monday, they decided to backslide. How can this be? Because some people, the only walk with God they have is a physical church work. They can show up to a work day, but they can't find time every day to pray. They can be early to practices, but can't show up. Only show up the last five minutes of prayer just to make an appearance. That's why you can have some of the most uninvolved people have the most surprising hidden sin in their life. And sing the songs of worship, but get out in the car after service and sing along with songs that worship the flesh. They can see God move in a mighty way, but then go home and see a Hollywood movie on their phone after church. They can talk to each other while God's wanting to talk. I've got to understand that I've got to sow to the flesh. I want to work in the spirit. I want to work in the kingdom of God. I want to help create that atmosphere. This world is under a burden of weariness and heaviness. It's too hard to get up to go to work, so they call in. They can't handle, they cannot handle having a conversation that opposes their point of view. They get depressed, they're stressed, they're always looking for a pick-me-up, a caffeine boost, a new high. They're weary by trying the same things over and over and not getting better. You say, Brother Boggs, I've gone through a few services, and I've let weariness of my job and weariness of things I have to accomplish and stress dictate my worship and, and I feel like I'm under a burden of heaviness it feels unnatural to lift my hands how do I get rid of this Isaiah 61 and verse 1 begins to speak prophetically of Jesus' coming where he would read this in the temple says, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives of the opening of the prison, to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the, of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. And he gives the antidote, the garment of praise for the Spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. He said, if you've got a problem with heaviness, you've got to get on the garment of praise. This word heaviness is so, is so interesting. The definition means dim, dull, colorless, to be dark or faint. When my spiritual walk becomes dim, I need to put on the garment of praise. When my spiritual walk becomes dull to me, I've got to put on the garment of praise. When it feels like that spiritual walk is so faint in my life, I've got to put on the garment of praise to counteract the spirit of heaviness. 1 Samuel chapter 30 says, And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag, on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smit and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken the women captives that were therein. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city and behold, it was burned with fire and their wives and sons and their daughters were taken captives. Then David 
And all the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. Things that had happened in their life had caused weariness to strike them. They had no more power to weep. And David's two wives were taken captives. Ahinoam, whose name simply means my brother is my delight. The Jezreelitess and Abigail, the wife of Nabal the Carmelite, whose name is defined my father is joy. The enemy had came down into David's camp and he had taken his delight and his joy away. And David was greatly distressed. For the people spake of stoning him. Because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. How did he do this? The next scripture gives us indication. And David said to Abathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And Abathar brought hither the ephod to David. He said, bring me the garment of praise. Bring me the garment that the priest put on to step into the holies of holies. Bring me that garment of praise because I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord. And I'm going to get rid of this heaviness. And after... I hope someone catches this. After he put on the garment of praise, he inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And God answered to him and said, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. Praise shall recover all. Oh, can I tell you, if you're going to get back what the devil stole from you, if you're going to get rid of that heaviness in your life, you put on the garment of praise and wait till after you praise about it. And God will recover all. Come to the music. You say, Brother Boggs, I'm not weary. This is just who I am. I don't get exuberant, I don't get excited. Yeah, go ahead and let an 18-wheeler cut you off and see how unexcited you get. Go ahead and let someone promise you a million-dollar check and see how unexcited you get. Let that new stimulus check show, check show up in your bank account and see how unexcited you get. But if you're really, if you really believe that, then I've got scripture for you. Christ has made you a new creature. All old things are passed away. Behold. All things are become new. So in other words, you left your identity behind. You're no longer someone that doesn't get exuberant. God says you are one uh, that worships me, that praises me in the dance, uh, that claps their hands, uh, that lifts their voice. You leave that old identity behind when you put on the Holy Ghost. But if you're still not quite convinced, Brother Boggs, I'm not weary. I don't have a problem. I don't have a spirit of heaviness. Then prove it. Prove it by putting on the garment of praise tonight. Prove it by taking a lap around the aisles. Let's see if you really are not weary like you say you are. Let's see if you're really not dealing with the spirit of heaviness like you say you're not. How long has it been since you got out in the aisle and got victory on a Tuesday night? How long has it been since you spoke in tongues? Hey, I'm just a messenger tonight. 
You got a problem, you have a problem with God. This is what God told me to preach tonight. Hey, we've got to break out of a spirit of heaviness. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 28 says, Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is he weary. There is no searching his understanding. He giveth power to the faint and to them that have no might. He increases strength. Even the youth shall fail and be weary and the young man shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. That word wait isn't the word wait we use like we're waiting on the bus, but it means to be eager, to look to, or to expect. I'm waiting on the Lord. In other words, it's saying I'm expecting the Lord. I'm looking to when God's going to move. I am eager for the Lord. I am ready. I walk in the house of God, and I'm not waiting with my hands in my pockets, waiting for lightning to strike me and knock me out of my pew. No, I'm eager, and so I'm looking for a moment that God begins to move, and I grab a hold of the Spirit of God, and God begins to renew my strength. Titus 3 and 5 says, Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. What some of us need tonight is just a good old renewing of the Holy Ghost. Come on, saint of God. It goes deeper. It goes deeper than sitting on a pew. It goes deeper than putting the tithes of the offering in the basket. Come on, you've got to be involved in the spiritual aspect of the church. If you're not still as excited about the Holy Ghost as you did the first time you received it, then it's time to put the garment of praise on and get another touch. Hey, I'm still as excited as that night at 10 years old on a Wednesday night that God filled me with the Holy Ghost. And I told my parents, I feel like a balloon. That if someone lets me go, I'm going to float up to heaven. I'm still that excited about the Holy Ghost. I can't get to the place. Oh, you remember. You remember when God fills you with the Holy Ghost? The pastor had to kind of calm your worship down because you were, you were almost on the borderline of hurting people. But now, 20 years has gone by, and he's got a rope, and he's trying to pull you out of your pew, trying to get you to worship. What we need is a renewing, a refreshing of the Holy Ghost. Too long have we made weariness and heaviness comfortable in our services. But it's time that we grab our garment of praise and make weariness so uncomfortable that it has to leave. To make heaviness so, so discomforted that it has to break its hold of people. If you came in tonight, if you came in tonight and you let weariness and heaviness have its way in the middle of the worship service in your life, then I'm going to give you another opportunity to get it right. And in this altar service, why don't you throw heaviness off? Why don't you throw weariness off and say, yeah, I know. I came and let work affect my worship service. I know. I've, I've got things on my mind. But first for a moment, in the middle of this service, I want to give God some praise that he's worthy of. I'm going to leave off this flesh, and I'm going to put on the garment of praise. And on a Tuesday night, when it doesn't feel good, when I've worked all day, I'm going to dance. I'm going to worship. I'm going to shout. Hallelujah. Hey, I don't know what you came to do, but I came to praise the Lord. 
just go through the motion for a few moments and get rid of, get service over with. But why don't you oppose flesh tonight? Flesh, you're not going to have glory. I'm going to give glory to him. He receives all the glory.
him. I thank you, Lord, and praise you before I leave. I'm going to give you praise. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to magnify you. I'm going to declare that you are great. Oh, praise God. Come on, let's give him a wave offering in the house of God. I worship you and I give you glory. Come on, band. 